Hey everybody, welcome to It's In Season, the anime podcast that follows right along with you during the spring 2016 anime season. I'm David Majors, you might know me as DJM. Uh, my co-host, as always, the other two members of the Midwest crew, we are back. We finished the winter 2016 season in one piece, and we're ready to jump into spring. Coming to us somewhere in an undisclosed location in the state of Ohio, from my internet left, your internet right, Mr. Richard Waters. What is up, Richard? What is up is I just want to thank our 5 alert listeners for downloading or streaming the next episode of It's in Season. It's not the only anime podcast on the Delta Juliet Mike Worldwide Media Company, but it's definitely the one they're listening to now. It, this is definitely the podcast you are listening to at this moment, unless you're not, in which case that would be really weird because you're missing out on two great guys. One of them you just heard in Richard Waters and the other one coming to us from Kent State University by way of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mr. Cody Anderson. What's up, Cody? Yeah, not much. Just realizing how much I actually hate anime. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. You said you're not that Cody. You're 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 the other Cody. You're not Cody Byer. You're 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 the other Cody. I'm the other Cody. You're not allowed to hate anime. I don't hate it. I just kind of dig it. All right. That's fine. That's fine. Well, hopefully with how well this podcast spring uh, winter season turned out. Maybe the spring season will turn out okay. I, I know that Cody and I watched an anime in particular that was not exactly the greatest that we're going to talk about a little bit later. And before we do that, let's just explain to our three loyal listeners or five. Maybe there's five now. Uh, exactly how this show is run down. Uh, it's in season. We'll pick three different shows between the three of us. We each have three and we discuss and debate and deliberate and we decide on two shows during the spring anime season that we're going to watch and talk about every two weeks. We will do two episodes at a time. And our defending champion, Richard Waters, is first up. Richard, what is your first show? What have you got for us this time? Well, for our longtime listeners, they know that the two at a time hasn't always been the case. But in the past couple of seasons, we only picked one anime to discuss. Those never actually completed a season, so two may be the magic number. But basically what David was getting at is we could have up to nine different shows to discuss in the first episode, which I think might be my favorite episode of each of the seasons because it's a little different. Speaking of being a little different, I decided to change things up for the winter season, the spring season, because we completed a winter season finally. What I normally do, and I don't know about you guys, but when I'm picking my three, I go to the Anna charts, which is one of the best inventions ever since, I guess, subtitles. And I look at, at the descriptions and the pictures, because sometimes you can judge a book by its cover. And I decide, what shows would I be watching outright just on my own and kill two birds with one stone and then i bring them to the table and dis discuss them as luck would have it we usually kind of overlap on on one show in particular so i've kind of more or less picked each season but not really so to celebrate a completed season i decided to change things up a bit 
instead of finding a show or shows that I really like that I'd be watching regardless of the podcast, I decided to go old school and draw names out of a hat. And I picked three shows at random. So obviously I can't do it totally random because not every show has released their episode one. And sometimes there are multiple seasons in. And unless it's a show that we've already discussed, like a race, which seemed pretty final, I have to skip those. So it wasn't a perfect three. But my first pick is definitely my number one pick. And it's my number one pick for one reason. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but with the exception of, of Erased, which Erased is, you know, it's it's one of a kind. It's on its own, so you can't really judge it. But the other shows that we've watched, for the most part, have been very similar. Comet Lucifer, Schwarzmarken, and God Eater, which replaced the defunct prison school, which two out of three of us tapped out on. They kind of seamy in a way. They had a... a Similar theme, very super serious, little comedy elements. So I changed that with my first pick. And as it turns out, my first pick is a show that I would have watched anyway. So sometimes randomizing things worked out. So my first pick, which I will finally get to, the suspense is killing you, is called Kumamiko. Now, I've referred to this elsewhere as the bear anime. Now, what is the bear anime? It's an anime. Oh, this is the bear anime. Yes. Yeah, you're not the first person I've seen mention this as the the bear anime. I've seen a few people on Twitter call it that, so I'm definitely interested now. Well, you had my curious. Wait, wait, we're not talking about. Wait, we're not talking about we bear bears. Well, that is the dynamic of it's in season. We bear bears. If you watch it on Cartoon Network, that is this show. It's in season in a nutshell. But Richard, I have to say you had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Tell us a little bit more about this show. Well, it is definitely a comedy. I will put it that much. Uh, Some of our previous shows have lacked, I guess, humor. And some of them, when they try, it's just it's just not good. But this one, definitely a change of pace for the usual fare of Instant Season. It starts out with a little girl in the woods seemingly about to be attacked by a bear. And to sh- put the tone for this, the show itself, when the bear finally approaches, he stands on its hind legs because that's how you'd be intimidating as a bear. And he says, yes, the bear talks. He said, welcome home. This show centers around a main character, the girl. Her name is Machi, and she is a priestess in a in a temple. She also lives with the bear. In this village in the middle of the woods, very few people, bears kind of act as, I guess, deities in a way. And they're friendly, and people engage with them. What we see is Machi... She wants to live in the big city, but the bear, he's having none of it. And he wants her to just live with him and continue their life. And in the first episode, we we are introduced to the two of them as they engage in life. It's sort of slice of life with lots and lots of comedy. I guess if you're familiar with the four-panel gag mangas such as Azumanga Daio and other types of manga like that, you will definitely get a kick out of this. It is uh, 
The first episode, we had two separate sort of mini-episodes, so I think they basically just animated the uh, various panels into a show. But what it looks like is we're going to see the bear interact with various people, including Machi, as a it just changes things because normally when you think of animated bears, unfortunately, I can't pull a Captain America with you guys and say that I get the reference of We Bear Bears. I'll have to look into that after our recording. But before this, my only knowledge of animated bears was the world-famous Winnie the Pooh and Ronma's dad from one, Ronma One Half. So I'm definitely, definitely intrigued because it's pretty hilarious and, you know, it's a bear. And surprisingly, he's not after honey. Oh, yeah, there's another bear that I completely forgot. He likes picnic baskets and, you know, he's kind of a dick. But the uh, the bear in Kumamiko, Natsu, he seems like an okay chap. And I think as far as anime goes, I think this one is definitely my number one. It's a breath of fresh air for It's in Season. It may not be the best as far as discussion-wise goes, but I think you guys would definitely get a kick out of it, and so would our five loyal listeners. So if you're one of those guys who has seen what the DC uh, Cinematic Universe has brought us and you want some something with a little more life to it, nothing so dark and grim or gritty, well, definitely give – Kumo Miko a try. I don't know if Cody and David are going to give it a try as far as it's in season goes, but I'm definitely on board regardless of if I get picked. Okay, Richard, let me just ask you a couple of questions about Kumo Miko. Uh, you said that it was based on a four panel comic from Japan, and you made the comparison to Azumanga Dayo. Uh, and another show that came to my mind was Lucky Star. Uh, Lucky Star was also a four-panel show. Uh, but the thing about Lucky Star was that it was, for all intents and purposes, kind of a one-note show. There wasn't a whole much of a story or a plot or things that actually drove the show along. It was kind of a an episodic show and there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. Uh, so I'm asking you, uh, looking at Kumo, Kumo Miku so far, do you think that it has that kind of vibe or do you think it might be something that will have a narrative? Well, to be honest, when I, when I said Azumanga Dayo, I've also, I've often referred to it and I'm sure I'm not the only person on the internet who has ever said it is that it is definitely the Seinfeld of anime. It's about nothing. And although I've only seen the first episode, I really don't think there's an, an overreaching arc or anything. The first episode, Maki wanted to go to high school in the big city, and the bear warned her about the evils of the city. I don't really see that as a big thing where she eventually leaves the village, at least for more than an episode or two. So I definitely think it's a... Uh, I guess you could you could almost call it Looney Tunes in a way. It's just 15 minutes of a, a laugh or two, but it doesn't really – it won't quench your thirst or your hunger as far as uh, narratives go, especially after coming off the high of a race. So it's definitely – it's not something you can really uh, dive headfirst into. It's, it's 
it is what it is. It's it's definitely not going to be one of those shows. It's episodic, it's to bite say the But it's bite size. It's 15 minutes. You say every well, episode is 15? 15? It's not a 15 minute. What I mean by that is, you know how anime, they usually have an eye catcher in the middle for the commercial. Right. Before and after, it's basically two uh, mini episodes in between. So it's, it's, it's still a 30-minute episode, but it's – it's, a, it's like two 10-minute episodes combined together. So after the uh, – basically part two was a completely separate from part part one. So it's it's definitely digestible to say the least. OK. So, so it definitely is like a lot of the current American shows where for the 30-minute block, it's split into two episodes. OK. All right. So uh, Kumo Miku, that is – Richard's first selection, Young Codiferous. What is your first selection for spring 2016? Richard and I had kind of the same idea going into this. I wanted to pick shows that stood out from what we've done in the past. We've done God Eater. We've done two mechas. We've done Erased. I wanted something with a little humor in mind, too. So that brings me to Bungo Stray Dogs. I'll give you the synopsis. Nakajima Atushi was kicked out of his orchard, and now he has no place to go and no food. While he's standing by a river on the brink of starvation, he rescues a man whimsically attempting suicide. That man is Don- Dazai Asamu, and he and his partner, Kunikita, are members of a very special detective agency. They have supernatural powers and deal with cases that are far too jan- dangerous for the police to carry. They are tracking down a tiger that has appeared in the area recently, around the time that Tushi came to the area. The tiger seems to have connection to Tushi, and by the time the case is solved, it's clear that his future will involve much of Desai and the rest of the detectives. This one is one of the shows Bones is putting out this season, along with My Hero Academia and the season of Concrete Revolutio. This is the anime that stood out the most to me. It has the best qualities of a Bones production, the art style is unique and visually appealing. The characters have the Individual quirks, whether they go overboard with those throughout the series is up for debate. There is even a bit of dark humor that you'll either love or hate. Each character is based on a famous Japanese author. I'll admit that I don't know many of them, if any of the authors. The only one I can think of is the Rampo Kaiten author. But I had to do research on a couple to see how the similarities lie. This brings me to the dark humor of the show. Asamu... Desai is a famous Japanese author that the Desai character is based off of. When we meet the main character, Atushi, saves him from drowning in the river. However, we find out that he didn't want to be saved. It was actually a suicide attempt, and there was a few jokes from him throughout the episode about dying. The real Desai actually killed himself. He's kind of like the Japanese Sylvia Plath. I like humor like this, but I can see why others wouldn't. I think this has potential to be a fun series that stands out from past shows we have covered. And it's a bit of like an action, sort of a little mystery, and some supernatural powers to it. All right. Okay. Uh, what was the name of that one again? Uh, Bungo Stray Dogs. Bungo Stray Dogs. All right. Uh, all right. I guess. You ever notice? Did you ever notice that whenever an anime character goes by a lake or a river? He always meets someone. Something always happens. So if you want just a quiet life, you got to stay away from the water. You should probably move to the city and have a decent job, but not one that will make you work like 16 hours a day. 
to where you're going home at like nine o'clock at night. Otherwise, you'll be fine. And if there's nothing else, there's always the hostess clubs. You can always do that. But guys, I guess it's my turn, is it? Isn't it? Well, old Deej, he he just can't help himself. Uh, I made. I knew it. Yeah, it's true. I, I I made a very conscious effort to try and step out of my comfort zone. So as much as I wanted to, no, I did not pick the mech show. Kuro Mokuro. I did not pick that show. Uh, it was not a. It was not on my list. I watched it. I thought it was okay, but it did not show me enough to warrant it for the top three. However, guys, I am the person that enjoys things that are dark and grim and gritty. I just can't help myself. I tried. I actually, my number three show will break the DJM norm, but my first two, yeah, they're they're both pretty brutal. And, well, I wouldn't even say the first one is brutal, really. Uh, my first show is a show called Joker Game. In 1937, before World War II begins in earnest, Lieutenant Colonel Yuki of the Imperial Japanese Army forms the D Agency, an army intelligence outfit under his command and tutelage. Army General Staff attaches Lieutenant Sakuma to observe the unit's performance. D-Agency casts a wide net to find agents beyond Japanese military personnel, and Yuki establishes D-Agency's tenants, which go against IJA doctrine of Don't kill, don't get killed, don't get captured. With this, Yuki trains a team of operatives who conduct missions against domestic and foreign powers. And the reason I enjoyed this show is because it sounds like something that wouldn't necessarily be an anime. It sounds like a show that could work as a TV series in America, as a TV series in Japan. It essentially is a spy show. And I think spy shows with intelligence operatives and all that kind of stuff was really, really cool. And the first episode set this really interesting precedent with the main guy who is basically Japanese John Cena. He believes in righteousness and Japan being a great nation who will win the war and what have you. And then he sees these dudes that are all spies and they're all just doing it for the love of the game. They love the spy game. They really don't care too much about Japan winning the war. And that offends him so greatly. And also, the first episode had a dude from America that was a major Japanophile. Because that's what they called weeaboos back in the day. They called them Japanophiles, children. And... It was a really interesting episode one. It was probably the most interesting episode one because it's it felt like the beginning of a spy novel rather than an anime. So my first pick is Joker Game. I should interject just 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 a bit. Absolutely, Richard. By all means. If you 
If you follow me on Twitter, which you can do at Real Radish Man, I made a point to Codiferous that I, th- I believe he made a post, maybe talking about Joker Game, where I mentioned that that could possibly be one of mine. This was before I decided to do the random version. So I, I have not actually seen episode one, but had I gone the traditional route, that one definitely would have been on the list. It's certainly on the few, the the uh, non-it's-in-season list. So I'm definitely intrigued. So you have possibly two votes here. I guess we'll have to – it remains to be seen if one of our other three or if Cody outright says Joker game and – makes the rest of the show complete filler. Well, we are still going to pick two shows. So now that we've gone around, what was that, Cody? Did you did you have something? Well, I did watch Joker Game. I will say that. Is it one of your three? It is not. But I, I really loved it though. It was I thought it was a fantastic uh period piece and I love the uh, espionage part of it. And the characters and setting interesting enough. I could see it getting a little more psychological down the line as well. What's interesting is it has that World War II theme going for it as we just finished Schwarzmark. And so I think that's really what grabbed my attention that's at first. That's the only reason it wasn't on my list because we just got – we just had a sort of period piece with Schwarzmark and, and, the, and this is in the World War II area. I really thought that was a cool perspective, especially hearing Japan's perspective for World War II. And that's why – that was part of why it caught my attention. I'm not against it. All right. Well, Richard, what is your second pick? Well, my second pick is – I guess you could say it's a bit mix of the good and the bad, not – that the what by good I meant the comedy and the bad, which is the uh, the dark sort of serious element of our past season. Not that it's bad in the sense that it's not good, but sometimes you need a little variety. And I think this show definitely gets the best of both worlds. Maybe not super dark, but there's definitely some serious elements to it. And my second pick, and I should warn you guys, it's it's. Not cringy or anything, but it you are definitely, 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 hopefully I got enough definitely memorized, going to see a lot of, I guess, anime tropes. So if you've seen your share of anime and you want to play a drinking game, you could definitely do that here, which is my second show is called High School Fleet, or if you're trying to look it up to watch the episodes, which I believe you can do on Crunchyroll, not sure, is High Fury. Now, High School Fleet... If, if what the, what does that sound like to you? Uh, high school in the Navy? If you answered yes to that, you're basically correct. The show centers around – well, we open up with two girls watching a a Navy ship fly by uh, – float on by with nothing but female sailors, and they proclaim that they're going to be – they're going to join them and become blue mermaids, which is I guess the term for the uh, – the female sailors. They didn't really discuss it in episode one. So we we have a little time skip nine years later, and they're enrolling. Not in the Navy itself, but in the, the high school Naval Academy. And the two girls that we met earlier, they're becoming 
captains on these – I guess you could almost say it's class president if you will because they're on different classes, so they're not going to be able to bond together, which is we're introduced to the main character. Her name is Masaki, and she's clumsy, energetic, and very, very positive. And the comedy element is definitely her with her contrast to not not her rival but someone that she meets on her way to her class, Mashiro, who is kind of serious, and she's very unlucky around Masaki. And Masaki wants nothing to do except to be her friend where Mashiro just says, I don't want none. So what we what we find out is uh, they just throw them headfirst onto a navy vessel and just sink or swim. So as Masaki was, I guess because of her her test scores or some other method, she was deemed the captain. And as she's leading them during their first expedition, which is basically go from point A to point B. But here's the problem: they're not really getting along as the perfect unit. As expected, it's your first day, no proper training, and they're three hours and something late. And that's when something crazy happens. The main instructor from her ship starts firing cannonballs at them, which is, you know, the perfect teaching method. And the super serious Mashiro decides we just got to avoid this stuff. Don't get hit is probably the best course of action. Masaki disagrees because even though she's she's kind of clumsy, she still – sees her classmates and her her fleet as family, and she decides to attack them or attack the teacher in her ship. And that is where the episode ends with them fighting back, and they are deemed mutinied. I had to Google this term. I didn't know what it means, but apparently it means rebellion. So this, this class, Masaki as captain on this Navy vessel, they have rebelled against their teacher. So it's serious. It's funny. If you enjoy uh, stupid things like slipping on bananas, this show is definitely for you. It's my second pick. High School Fleet. Okay, Richard, a question. You said that this show had some anime tropes. Uh, What tropes did they contain that you would say stood out to you the most? Well, a lot of the, I guess... I saw a lot of familiar phrases and uh, the way the characters – I guess you could almost – as you're watching the episode and you see each of the various characters, you could almost say that's that type of character. That's that one. And last season, I brought up a show called uh, Active Raid, and it was about a ragtag bunch of misfits that are part of this robot police force, and then they had a super serious – I guess uh, administrator type lady coming in to whip them into shape, and if you're familiar with that type, you can definitely like point out certain sort, characters. Like it's very familiar in that sort of sort of way. So that's instantly what I what I got into it. But I, and unlike Active Raid, well, I guess the first episode of Active Raid I liked it, but throughout it I actually gave up on it halfway through. This one I actually really like. The various characters, even if they're sort of, uh, I guess, samey, if you will. You've seen the character before, especially if uh, it's a VA that's very, very typecast. So 
It may not be super um, different, but hey, that's okay. That is okay. But also, if you're not familiar and if you've never seen anime before, well, it's like seeing it for the first time. If you haven't seen it, it's new to you. That's that's what the old saying is. Uh, Cody, unless you've got any thoughts on this one, uh, we can move on to yours unless you've got any thoughts that you want to throw Richard's way. Uh, to me, it sounded like... To me, it sounded like Girls in Pan, sort of. I don't know if anyone's watched that, but it sounded similar to it. Richard, did you catch that? I asked for mine. No, I, I, I couldn't quite hear it. Say it again. Uh, girls in Panzer. Oh, Girls in Panzer. It's like 2013. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, uh, 2013 I have, or 12-ish. I have not seen the uh, show you're talking about, but I have heard of the name, so it's familiar. Okay. It involved uh, young girls like using tanks and stuff as a sport and liking the military aspect of it. But your show sounds cute. It may be enough, but I don't know. But for my You might show, get a toothache, it's so mm, sweet. It's one of those. It's definitely it's it's definitely one of those cute girls do cute things in cute ways type of shows. I will definitely concede okay. to that. Okay. All right. Uh, Cody, feel free to give us your second pick. My second pick is one I really want to pick since in I don't know if it was the first time or the second season I turned down Richard's Gate, but I am recommending ReZero: Starting Life in Another World. Suddenly, high school student Sabaru Nasuki has been summoned to another world on the back on his way back from the convenience store with his. This crisis of his life being summoned to another world, and with no sign of the one who summoned him, things have gotten worse when he, he is attacked. But when he is saved by a mysterious silver, silver-haired girl with a fairy cat, Subaru cooperates with her to return the favor. When they finally manage to get a clue, he and the girl are killed by someone. Subaru then wakes up where he was at the beginning, and he starts the whole thing all over again. Has similarity to erase in the aspect, but it takes it out of the troop aspect. Going into the show, I wasn't really sure what to expect, to be honest. I was expecting another parallel fantasy world anime show that has already been done. Off the top of my head, I can think of No Game, No Life, Sword Art Online, Grimgar of Fantasy and Ash, and even, like I said, Gate that just finished up last season. So Zero really needed something to set it apart from the rest. The main character is a sh- is like a shut-in gamer type who only goes out for food. Well, he went out for that food, and he was transported into another world. I thought he brought some funny moments to the show. Where this really stands out is if he dies, he is sent back to the beginning. Not only that, but the deaths are pretty brutal and show a lot of blood. One positive is that they don't dwell on the moment for too long. This looks to be a darker fantasy adventure. Yes, the prem- premise is tropey with a gimmick to be its saving grace. And yes, Sabaru is a tad vicious despite all that episode one left me with the hope of an enjoyable romp in a fantasy world the production values are above the norm for this type of show and the trope make it feel like it's just easing you into the world zero's gimmick is a little like erased but the fact that the time travel only activates when he dies means there's a lot of ways this plot could go and there's some cool scenes to go along with it This actually does sound interesting to me. Um, Richard, 
I am especially <laughs> interested in what you think of this show. What did you think? Well, there's a show that I'm currently watching or wrapping up from last season. I believe one of you may have uh, brought it up as one of your three. Fun fact, if you listen to our debate episode for last time, which you can do at DeltaJulietMike.com, I believe I got this particular show confused with Schwarzmarken, so it could have changed everything. But it's this series called Ijin, which are about aliens that can't die. Yes, they are basically yes. revived when they die. Ajin, yes. so, I, so I got kind of a similar vibe from that. To And as, as far as the death and respawning goes, and when you said uh, they were tra- transferred to another world, I instantly thought of things like Grimgar, just a MMO type of show. So I don't know if it's necessarily on my backlog list for the upcoming season or not, but it's it's definitely got stuff that's drawing my attention. It's not the it's not my number one pick so far, but I haven't uh, trashed it completely, so it's on the list. Yeah, it's a, it's not a show I usually watch, but I was I actually liked it a lot, and it felt different. Best one thing though. Is you mentioned that it's it's a shut-in gamer type of guy who was going to the convenience store. You know, so Richard. If, Richard, whatever. I wasn't going to say anything when Cody said that, but um, I'll I'll mm-hmm. let you finish. What I was going to say is, uh, if one of our five lore listeners are in that mindset, if they're the Hikikomori type of person, and you don't want to fall victim to this type of thing, I got two words for you. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. I, but maybe I, – I wonder if there will be someone that will be an anime character that will be a complete shut-in that only does all of their shopping of any kind online. Maybe they'll find a way to work that into an anime series in the future to where so- – Well, obviously, they're, they'll, they'll find a way around it. They'll get sucked straight into the computer, so there's really – if you're if you're destined to go to that other world, you, you're going. No, maybe it'll be like a slice of life where the dude just has constant problems with online ordering. Sometimes the shipping date gets extended a week. Sometimes his Wi-Fi doesn't work either. We- you know, I'm not the biggest fan of horror anime, but that's definitely up there. That that would be pretty bad. Um, I will say, Richard, I think my second pick could probably fall under the category of a horror show. Uh, and I'm a little surprised that's it, that this ended up being my second pick because I went full DC Grimdark. And my second pick is a show called... Cabaneri of the Iron Fortress. Uh, And the synopsis runs like this. As the world is in the middle of an industrial revolution, a monster appears that cannot be defeated unless its heart, which is protected by a layer of iron, is pierced. By infecting humans with its bite, the monster can create aggressive and undead creatures known as Cabane. On the island Hinomoto, located in the Far East, people have built stations to shelter themselves from these creatures. People access the station as well as transport wares between them with the help of a locomotive running on steam called Hayajiro. Ikuma 
a boy who lives at the Aragane station and helps to build Hayajiro, creates his own weapon called the Suranakuzutsu in order to defeat the creatures. One day, he's, as he waits for an opportunity to use his weapon, he meets a girl named Mume, who is excused from the mad- mandatory Kabane inspection. During the night, Ikamo meets Mume again, and he sees the city going out of control. The staff on the locomotive have turned into the creatures. The station, now under attack by Kabane, is the opportunity Ikoma has been looking for. When I watched this show, uh, it gave me a little bit of a shade of The Walking Dead. There are zombies, and there's action. Plenty of it. Even more than The Walking Dead, I'd say, in episode one. Also, unlike shows like The Walking Dead and even Attack on Titan, there is not a feeling of hopelessness. This one dude has a weapon. Other people in the city are able to protect themselves, but the zombies are still dangerous. So it looks like it's actually going to be an interesting fight between the two sides. And also there's some government things between the city and the citizens and i think mume is a princess so cabaneri of the iron fortress looks like an interesting show to me uh, as someone who has enjoyed the walking dead also for the steampunk fans if you have an affinity for steampunk there's a, a shade of steampunk in this as well uh when i was first watching this i said this is steampunk for people that don't really like steampunk, like me. So it caught my attention. Uh, the animation is very Leiji Matsumoto-like. It looks a little bit more like the the Captain Harlock. The, the dude, the main dude, uh, he looks a little bit like a young Captain Harlock more than anything. And the animation, at least in the first episode, was really, really high quality. So I was really intrigued by Cabaneri of the Iron Fortress. You know, that title sounds like a Japanese wrestler's finishing hold. Something. It just... It's very, very intense. Cabaneri? The entire thing. Of the Iron Fortress. It just it just sounds like a head drop. I can I could definitely see that being the name of like a major show. I could definitely see that being like the name of a big Japanese wrestling venue where major events are held. The Iron Fortress. And that would be the name of the big event. Cabaneri in the Iron Fortress. You know, that that would that's something I can definitely see. Go ahead, Cody. You were going to say something. No, I, but I could see it being like the Japanese Lucha Underground. Man, just when you thought Lucha Underground couldn't get any cooler. Imagine if it were in Japan. It would be like Dragon Gate, but darker. The most that I know about this show is that it's basically Attack on Titan Season 2, seeing as it's done by, I'm pretty sure, some of the same people that have done Attack on Titan. I'm interested in a show I wanted to watch, but I do not have access to Amazon Prime right now, so I didn't get to watch it. Hey, maybe Iron Fortress is the uh, Mighty Number no. 9 that actually is coming out 
for the Attack on Titan fans. <laughs> don't don't tell them that because the Attack on Titan fans that I know, they're they're starting to get a little they're starting to get a little antsy about the the next season of Attack on Titan, which at this point I'm pretty sure it's it's Duke Nukem Forever of anime. I don't really know when or if it's going to come out. But uh yeah, Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. That's my second pick. Richard, what's your third? Well, I've started with a bit of a theme. I started with comedy, got a little serious with some more comedy. And even though my third pick kind of goes with the, I guess, it's in season theme we've had so far, it's it's less like uh, Schwarzmarken and God Eater and more of like if they could take High School Fleet and mix it with one of those. And that is, well, what if you knew a guy and you asked him how old he was and he was a spry, spry lad and he said 100, you wouldn't believe him. And that is my pick. My number three is the series called 100. Now, this is definitely no, nothing that is breaking new ground. What we see in the first scene of the episode is – a big, big monster, and we turn into present day. Our main character, Hayato, is having a dream on his way to school for the first time because I guess this season everyone's just going for their first day of school and enrolling in the big entrance ceremony. One thing about Hayato is he got the best score, so he's like the guy. When he shows up to class – Two fangirls actually have one of those giant banner signs like you would see for someone really famous. And I guess the they were trying to get his attention. I don't know if they know who he looks like, but because of his score, they just assume he's he's the guy. And I think Scott Steiner may have actually helped out with the dialogue in this. Or maybe he just works for Crunchyroll's fan summit community because the girls said this, and I quote – Hayato-san, holler if you hear us. At least that was a no. translation. He ducked no. out of He ducked. <laughs> yes. Well, he ducked out of there. He wanted nothing to do with it. He just – he didn't want to get noticed. And that is where he ran into what would be his eventual roommate, which is a girl, or at least you think so. It's actually a boy. And – what happens is they go to the entrance ceremony, and we find out exactly what this school is all about. Apparently, the monster that we saw at the beginning of the episode is called a savage. Not Randy Savage, just they're savages. They're giant monsters, not giant like titans, but definitely around the size of, say, the bettas. They're pretty big. And this school is about training slayers and summoning their hundred, which hundred is basically their, their power, their weapons, if you will, and – during the entrance ceremony, we are introduced to the student council and the president. And do you remember the two girl, the two fangirls that wanted to get Hayato's attention? Well, they didn't show up because they were too busy waiting for Hayato. Since he ducked out of there, they showed up to the ceremony late. They apologized, but president, she didn't want none of it. She's like, you're going to be expelled. And that is where the gender-bending roommate started shouting like, that's not fair. They apologized. And our hero, Hayato, brought him down. And it's like, shut up. He 
held his mouth to say, be quiet. And that is where the president called out Hayato, for the guy for having the highest score, and asked him, do you have a problem with me expelling them? Because he also, she also brought into his roommate into the picture. And he finally decided to grow a spine and said, actually, I do. I guess he thought he had enough pull being the number one seed. And that is where the president said, okay, I'll, I'll throw you a bone here. If you can beat me in combat using your, your hundred, then I'll let them, let them slide. Otherwise, you will be expelled. And that is where you're introduced to the, the whole summoning their hundred to become slayers. And I guess the school is training them to become savages, to fight the savages, if you will. One thing, though, is there's definitely comedy element to this. And one of the shows we – I maybe Cody and I, I definitely did, but the show Rampo Katan had a gender-bearing male protagonist and his his friend uh, who they kind of didn't really touch on. It's like is it, a, is it a Yahweh thing? But there's definitely that with the, um, the main character and, and his roommate – the only difference is, unlike in Rampo Katan, where Kobayashi was a, a boy that acted girly, this one definitely looks like a girl. So if they didn't tell you, you definitely wouldn't know. But yeah, there's some of that. For instance, spoiler alert, when uh, the roommate is sewing the patch onto Hayato's uh, uh, coat, pricks his finger with the needle and drawing blood. And since I brought in the yaoi... Thing. You can imagine what happened here. So, yeah. 100, it's not exactly fresh or new, but it's definitely a thing that people of this type of uh, show would definitely want to check out. It's it's definitely the closest of my three that go into the super – not the supernova vacancy. That's a different no. – that's from another life. But, but the, it's definitely the closest one to the it's in season, I guess, genre of shows that we've discussed so far. That is 100. 100. Not 99, not 101, but 100. 100. Okay. Holly, if you hear me. Alright. I I have... Wow. Okay. Um... Huh. Alright, Cody? Anything on 100? Well, 100 in Spanish is CN. That's all I can really say. I, I'm gonna say that I was mildly interested... Until you mentioned the thing about pricking the finger. That's when it was like, okay, this is getting a little too fan y for me. And I know Cody and I are probably going to at least spend a minute or two on Super Lovers. So we'll spend time on that in a minute. But Cody, what was your third show? My third show was one that I could say, you could say wasn't well received by a lot of people, but I still liked it. And that's The Lost Village. It involves a bus tour of young men and women heading to an elusive hidden village, uh, a destination where people can go partake in a utopian existence of the world's obstacles, or so the rumor goes. Heading deep into the mountains, the bus is carrying 30 individuals, each harboring their own expectations and troubled hearts. What they had arrived to was an inhabited village with faint, lingering sense of life as it was falling apart. Just what is the secret of this hidden village? Like I said, it seemed like a lot of people didn't like this and their reason. 
With that said, I like the premise of the show. A group of individuals are going on a trip to start a new life. Basically, they're dying in a way. They're leaving their life behind. They're not telling anyone. Uh, that's what their family is going to think. One complaint was that the characters aren't good people, and I, I agree with that. I feel like g- not good people going on a trip like this it seems like a selfish thing to do. The bus driver even lets them know this. And I think it could be a good mystery. The Lost Village does nothing wrong and could offer an interesting take on it. The hate for this show is a little too strong in my opinion. There's plenty of time for the characters to grow, and at the end could lead to some interesting character studies. Depending on where the plot of the village goes, this could be a sleeper favorite, or it could be completely unmemorable. Cody, I think you and I are pretty much on the same page when it comes to The Lost Village. I watched the first episode of this show, and I thought it was okay. I didn't think the hate for it was warranted either. Yes, there are a lot of characters, and none of them are really likable, but yeah, this has the feeling of a suspense show where a lot of them are going to die. So I was kind of okay with all of these characters not being all that likable because there's a good chance most of them are going to die, right? Yes, and I also think this show, like Erased, fits the format of It's in Season perfectly with the mystery and seeing what's going to happen next, who's potentially going to die with there being so many characters. And I'm especially interested in what the village will look like when they get there. And... Maybe I'm really in the minority on this one, but I actually thought all of the characters and their quirks were pretty entertaining. Even the Adam girl? The Adam girl, no, but like the married couple who couldn't keep away from one another, they were funny. Uh, The dude that was rapping his story, he was interesting. Even the bus driver was interesting. I thought just about every character had something about them that was at least mildly entertaining, which is why I'm listening to you on The Lost Village. It, It might just be you and me, but I'm definitely open to it. It was, of the shows I watched, it was my number five pick. Because I watched about seven of them, and I, I, The Lost Village was my number five. Uh, Richard, by any chance, did you check this one out? Uh, the only three ep- – I only watched the three that I brought to the table. I had, did not have a chance to uh, watch anything else. It does seem interesting. I will say that. Having I don't know about the characters and likable, whether they are or aren't, since I haven't seen it. I do have one question to run by either of you, and I'm just wondering because there's it's pretty dark in the mom's basement. But I'm just wondering, uh, do you guys ever get any light in? Because it seems like there's it's really, really, really there's not a lot of you guys don't like to laugh. It seems. Where's the comedy, Richard? You haven't heard my third show yet. But is it comedy? Is it funny haha or is it prison school? Look at the situation they're in. Richard? Is this Cody? this is it's you know it's funny, they tapped out on prison school, and even halfway through, they're gonna make me pay. I can feel it. Alright, it's it's time for my third pick. 
My first two were straight up DC Cinematic Universe Grimdark. Yes, they were. In the past, on various anime podcasts over the years, DJM has expressed that he is not exactly the biggest fan of the shonen genre. He's not the biggest fan of the Shonen Jump magazine world of anime and manga series. Th- those franchises, the the One Pieces, the Naruto's, the Bleaches, the Gintamas, those aren't really my cup of tea. And then there was a show that I saw getting a great amount of hype. And our old buddy Colton Solom from the Manga Corner and Manga Mavericks said I should check this show out as someone that does not like shonen. Uh, I actually got to see the first two episodes of this show. And I gotta say, it is the best shonen anime I have watched in a very long time. I thought it was really, really good. And I might just watch it anyway, because given that it's a shonen show, it might end up going 200, 300, 400, 500, 600, 700, 800, 900 episodes. And it'll go way, 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 past this season of It's In Season. My third anime is My Hero Academia. How's that for a Russo swerve? You know, I can almost say with with some certainty, like when that little old lady robbed Lloyd Christmas in Dumb and Dumber, I didn't even see it coming. Yes, My Hero Academia. Uh, the synopsis runs like this. Mankind has developed superpowers known as quirks, with 80% of the population having some kind of superpower. These new abilities see the rise of both superheroes and villains. A prestigious c- school known as the Hero Academy trains superpowered hopefuls into the heroes the world needs. Middle school student Izuku Midoriya... Midoriya Wants to be a hero more than anything. Unfortunately, he's part of the 20% without a quirk. Unwilling to give up his dream, he plans to take the exam and be accepted into a high school for building heroes. Through a series of serendipitous events, he catches the eye of the greatest hero, All Might, who is amazing who agrees to train him. And at the end of the first episode, Izuku says... And this is how, this is the story of how I became the greatest hero of all. I saw the first episode and I was intrigued. The second episode and I was down. I was absolutely down for a shonen anime. And I never thought I would be interested in a shonen anime again because this show had. Everything that I don't like about Shonen, it had the animation that looked like Soul Eater uh, and Bleach. Uh, the characters were all classic Shonen characters. There was a high school. It had all of those things about Shonen Jump franchises that I really do not enjoy at all. 
But amazingly, this show made it work. Uh, Izuku is a character that you can root for. He's not a jerk in any way. Dare I compare him to Sami Zayn? He's almost Sami Zayn-like in the willingness to cheer for him and root for his quest to become the greatest hero of all time. But I would be remiss if I did not talk about All Might. All Might, quite simply, is Japan's vision of every American superhero. He is optimistic almost to the point of obnoxiousness. He's super powerful, and he always has a super bright smile. Uh, except when he is not fully formed, because he suffered a very serious injury, and now his body is an absolute wreck. And he can only stay in his hero form for shortened for a certain short burst of time. Uh, other than that, he basically coughs up blood all the time. And he's going to train Izuku in being a hero, and he has bestowed the power one for all onto Izuku, to where he can he can adapt quirks of his own from others. Yeah. All of these years since Dragon Ball ended... I have not much cared for Shonen. And I've tried them all. I've tried them all. Whether it was Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Gintama. I've tried them all. But I like My Hero Academia. If for nothing else, I'm hoping that if this show gets dubbed... All Might is voiced by John Cena because it is perfect. He is the perfect voice for All Might. I hope it happens. I will support the official release. And my third pick is My Hero Academia. Uh, Cody, you saw me tweeting about this. Uh, Yeah, I picked My Hero Academia. What do you think? Well, I mentioned it earlier, it was one of the three Bones shows that are being put out this season. Five minutes of it. Not that I didn't like it. I didn't have much time this week, and I kind of just ran out of time. But I would probably love to watch this and maybe do the... Maybe include it for it's in season. It sounds like I would probably like it. Young Cody was all about Shonen, and it's been years since I've found what I've fully enjoyed. I did try last year... And that kind of put me on an anime burnout, but hey, I'm up for it. Richard? When you were uh, describing the training and being the greatest hero, I almost started to think, are you talking about One Punch Man in a way? Great and question, then, Richard. Great and then when question. You said, when you said, I hope this anime takes off, and I, I didn't think you were going to say dub. I honestly thought you were going to go... So One Punch Man can make a cameo, some sort of crossover. But yeah, he definitely got some of those vibes. I did, as as I've alluded to, I have not seen anything beyond the Heavenly Trio that was my uh, three picks. But I I definitely think Hero would have been on the list. As I'm thinking in my head, it's on the short list uh, the, for the primary or pre-vote. So it's definitely up there. But I'm honestly going to wait and see how how we uh, how we vote. But I definitely think it's got potential to be one of the two. 
Um, Richard, I'm glad you brought up One Punch Man because yes, the the overall arcing similarities are there. Yes. But I feel like and I talked with Colton about this, the the differences are that One Punch Man kind of deconstructs being a hero and all of that. Uh, All Might takes the idea of being a hero and really raises it up to where even if you don't have superpowers, you can still be a hero. And I said this on Twitter, and I think everyone here on this podcast will appreciate this. My Hero Academia is John Cena. One Punch Man is Roman Reigns. I think that should clear things up for you, Richard, if that what, makes sense at all. What's interesting, though, is uh, he does, he finishes things with, with one punch, and with the exception of, like, one guy, everyone seems to hate him. So, yeah, I can definitely see see that. Uh, that that's definitely a great analogy. And All Might from My Hero Academia, he is absolutely John Cena. He's He's – it's almost as if they whoever came up with this at Shonen Jump saw Captain America and John Cena and put them together and created All Might. So I'm going to say My Hero Academia will be my third. Uh, Richard, uh, give me a quick rundown of your three picks one more time. My first pick was the bear anime, Kumamiko. The Looney Tunes-esque uh, nothing anime about a talking bear in the woods with a priestess. My second pick, High School Fleet, was about a, a his high school class learning to be uh, naval officers, all female. My third and final pick was 100, which is uh, about people who use powers to fight giant beasts – and footnote, there is definitely some fan service for the uh, the female demographic, if that definitely uh, tells you what that means. All right. And Codiferous, what were your three? Uh, my first was Bungo Stray Dogs. It was about a, de- a special detective agency with special powers that handle cases too dangerous for the police and military. My second pick was ReZero starting life in another world which was a fantasy parallel anime that has the main character going to a fantasy realm that he's always pictured in being but it didn't turn out like he wanted it to and my final pick was the lost village that was about the hidden village where a group of people in, uh, it's about a group that want to give up their previous life and start anew Okay, and my three were Joker Game, the show about the spy agency in 1937 Japan, Cabinary of the Iron Fortress, where a young man is discovering his power to fight uh, zombies uh, in this world, and my third was My Hero Academia, starring a young man who wants to go to an academy and become the world's greatest hero. All right. Have we all got each other's shows down? Mm-hmm. All right. 
Um, guys, I will say this. The one show that I think might be the best for all of us to talk about, uh, episode to episode of my list, is Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. I would be willing to sacrifice the other two for Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. Uh, I will probably watch Joker Game on my own because it is a very DJM kind of series. Uh, and My Hero Academia, like I said, I really liked it. I think it's really good. But it is a shonen series, so it could go on for the next 10 years. And we ain't going to be talking about one show for that long. We'll leave that to Colton. Uh, so right now, I'm saying in no particular order after the first one, Cabinary of the Iron Fortress, Joker Game, and then My Hero Academia. Um, Cody, I really liked the story of yours, 3-0, uh, from Another World. I liked that one. Uh, and I also liked The Lost Village. I liked both of yours. And Richard, of yours, I thought High School Fleet was the most interesting. Uh, Richard, how about you? Well... I guess the uh, the list I'm looking at right now is uh, the only reason I'm hesitant on this one because I'm checking the Anna charts right now, and since I can't really tell if it's a 12 episode series, the hero one, I definitely would like to discuss that, but you know it could definitely go beyond the the season. So that's exactly where. So I'm with it that's too. definitely a risky one. I'm off. And then I have a, I guess, a two-way tie, depending on how you guys really want to vote, between Lost Village and Joker Game. Uh, the Iron One, I can, def- I can definitely see that being a, uh, a true it's-in-season type of show. So those are basically the four that I'm leaning towards with Hero. Hero would be outright my number one if it wasn't for the uncertainty. Uh, Cody, where do you stand? Mine's similar to him, similar to Richard's, that My Hero Academia would be higher, but I don't know how many episodes is in this season, because I know for Bungo Stray Dogs, there's 12, and a second season's already scheduled for this winter coming up. So that kind of is in the same boat as your pick. But I wouldn't mind, I don't know if I want the Bears show, but, uh, Richard's second peril is on the boat. I think that'd be okay. But I really like the hidden or the Lost Village as a pick for its in season. Okay, so I think we all said the Lost Village. We're, we're all we all picked the Lost Village as one that could could potentially be one, right? You know, I will go ahead and put this one out there. When uh, when I was discussing mine, when it seemed, I guess, so far removed, although you guys did put the thumbs up for the uh, the Navy one, I was thinking to myself, the streak is over. Perhaps Richard isn't going to pick them, which is why I'm going to say this, and you guys can agree or disagree with me here. I'm thinking Cody picked Lost Village. David picked Iron Fortress. 
since I usually pick them, it's almost fitting one of each from both of you for our two for the upcoming season. So if you guys want, I'm down for Lost and Iron, Iron Lost. Are you sure you want to continue? Yes or no? You sure you want it to be this dark? I mean, you never know. They, they, they could shine some light on there. You know, that's what they said was on the other side of the door of Kingdom Hearts, light. This is true. Um, so I did like the... But then again, that's that's just what... If you guys agree to that, I'm cool with that. But if if you guys would rather have the uh, a little bit of high school fleet in between and voting on the light and dark contrast for the season... We can do that. I think that of your three shows, High School Fleet was the one that I thought had the most potential. I will say that of Cody's shows, uh, the Another World and Bungo Stray Dogs, I liked each of those more than High School Fleet. Um, but I'm not opposed to high school fleet. I'm not opposed to it. Um, also, the Lost Village was in my list. It was my number five. Um, Cody, how do you feel about Cabinary of the Iron Fortress? I'm not against it, but seeing as it's just on Amazon, that kind of limits people's streaming for it. Yeah, they'll have to... Some people may not be able to hashtag support the official release. That's That's a problem. That is a problem, isn't it? And I'm pretty sure you just discussed that on APOS with Colton. Yeah, we did. And on the upcoming episode with Jack, too. We we do appreciate when anime fans support the official release. That is important to us. Uh, uh. But you know, if we discuss it all season and really get the word out there to our five little listeners, perhaps they will discuss it. And perhaps they... And uh, they will support. You never know. We have that kind of power. Perhaps they will. Um, I'm going to say that are we all in agreement on the Lost Village? Is that one pretty much set in stone? That's definitely on the list. So that can be our one. Okay. I think we have one at least. Uh, The Lost Village. That will be our number one. Um, Cody, your show 3-0. That one is a little intriguing. I do want to see a little bit more about that one. Um, it, sure. I will make a comment on it first. This may, this may or may not turn you off, but the first episode is divided into two 30-minute episodes. And I think the second episode is the one that's going to sell hmm. you. I'm going to try and find something about this show, but I'm not having much luck. Yeah. It's re-zero. Re. R-E. Is it spelled out? Re-zero. Oh, re-zero. Yeah. Re-zero, starting life. Okay. It is on on Crunchyroll. Okay. All right. It's got that colon in there. That's how they get you. Um, Well, I will say I am intrigued by that show um and also 
we don't necessarily have to be totally grim and dark. And since Cabinary is on Amazon Prime, I will say that I'm 50-50 between those two, even though Cabinary was my pick. Uh, Richard, where do you stand? I, w- I will leave the final call to you. So what's what's the final vote going to put us for? We've I already decided on Lost. I think it's going to be either Cabinary or Re-Another World. Re-Zero, Another well, World. You know, just to make it simple, to avoid the, the paywall, and maybe, since we won't be talking about it, it'll drive our five loyal listeners that crazy where they'll go out of their way anyway to, to find it as they're uh, subscribing to Amazon Prime to get those groceries. So I say, if I'm getting the final pick, I say uh, the new streak starts with Cody getting the full shebang, which is Lost Village and Zero. All right. Cody gets the double flawless. Cody wins. That's a a double count out right there. I got. Yes, it is. It is a double KO. Flawless victory. Cody wins. I hope Cody has the code memorized because there's a fatality in store. But I think we'll be back next week, so friendship is better. We here at It's In Season fully endorse the power of friendship. And there you have it, podcast fans. The shows that we will be talking about for the spring 2016 season will be Re-Zero, Tales from Another World. I've, I've got to learn that title. What was it again, Cody? Um, I don't remember. the. F- I have to look. Hold on. <laughs> okay. We'll figure it out. Re- I'm sure if, yeah. if you just search Re-Zero, Starting life in another world. Starting life in another world. And our second show will be starting life in another city with The Lost Village. All right. So two weeks from now, we'll be covering that show. Both of them. All right, guys. Congratulations. We did it. Uh, Cody, tell everybody what we've got going on or what you've got going on. Twitter, YouTube, your blog. Just just tell us. Um, Twitter, I started a Twitter account for a for anime purposes. It's called Cody the Weeb. Um, I'm doing a Sailor Moon rewatch, which you can follow. I'm only three episodes in right now, but I'll be continuing soon. Most likely this weekend. And what about your blog? Um, Are you still doing that? It's on hold for right now until after the semester is over. All right. Richard Waters at Real Radish Man on Twitter. Tell us what you've got going on. Uh, I don't have a blog. And um, any anime thoughts that you will find, I won't have any uh, things or weeb side accounts. Any talk of wrestling, anime, you'll find that at Real Radish Man. So that's all I got going for right now. All right. Well, everybody out there listening, patreon.com slash Delta Juliet Mike. We've already hit the first goal. The next goal is getting our cast, our team at Delta Juliet Mike Media some mics. Uh, I want to get these guys some microphones. So 
we get some good podcastery coming into your ears. So whatever you feel compelled or you feel like we're worth, it is greatly appreciated at patreon.com slash Delta Julia Mike. Next time on It's in Season, we jump into Re-Zero and the Lost Village. So for Richard Waters and Cody Anderson, this is David Majors saying thanks for listening, and we will talk to you in season.